you might have seen them serving food on Monday nights in Confederation Park, or picking up food at the market, or catering an event. For over a decade, Food Not Bombs Peterborough has been cooking and serving delicious vegan meals to anyone who is hungry, free of charge. It's an exercise in compassion and community building, but it's also a protest. It reveals the existence of hunger and poverty in our city. Rochelle Sauvé helped to found Food Not Bombs Peterborough in 2004, when the meals were held in the lobby of City Hall on council nights. She's still involved with the movement, and we spoke to her about the history of Food Not Bombs Peterborough, and why it's so important to share a meal with anyone who wants one, in public, once a week. We don't ask permission, we've never gotten a permit, we have no intention to ever do so. We try to position ourselves in a place that means that we can be allies and accomplices as much as we possibly can to other movements as they're happening. Um, The primary way that we do that is anyone and everyone doing awesome things in the community we try to get in touch with and we bring food to whatever they're doing so that we can bring what we do to them. The outstanding um, piece of what Food Not Bombs does is try to locate itself in a place where we can always remain critical because we are the grassroots, because we are not a group even. Food Not Bombs is a collaborative force of autonomous beings who choose to take action based on a very simple basis of unity, which is that we can reclaim the food that's being wasted, we can cook it up sharing skills and knowledge, and we can serve it to anyone who hungers in a very public space, thereby publicizing and bringing to light the reality that hunger and poverty are. All right, so we're Food Not Bombs Peterborough, and we are at uh, the Peterborough Farmer's Market, and this is where we get the vast majority of the produce that feeds our community every Monday night. Um, and we're going to walk around here and collect some donations and say hey to all the farmers. Hey Clements Poultry, uh, it's Food Not Bombs here, and we're just going around and seeing if you have any random leftovers. Yeah, I think we got some right over here. Right on. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, no hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, somebody just tracked us down here. Um, oh, okay. So what's your name? Sherry. Sherry, and you are from? Chickabitty Acres. Chickabitty Acres, and Chickabitty Acres has been giving us uh, lots of amazing organic vegetables for many years, and you just tracked me down. Yeah, I saw you, and I go, food nut bombs. I have a bag of beautiful <laughs> Two bags multi- of carrots two bags of- and some beets and the odd onion, but it's nice. all good. Very colorful. Thank you. Always Thank so you very much. glad to provide. That was longtime Food Not Bombs volunteer and organizer Miles Connor doing a market run on a recent Saturday. Food Not Bombs relies on the good relationships it has with local farmers to source the food they serve, and it's been that way from the very beginning. Here's Rochelle again. So the very first thing that Food Not Bombs did, other than assert that it uh, ought to be in the world in Peterborough, was um, go and make friends with farmers. The Peterborough Farmers Market has been the absolute blessing of the Food Up Bombs movement. Um, I've been a part of Food Up Bombs in other cities and also similar projects where we've been reclaiming food. 
And, you know, it can come from all kinds of different sources. Um, Peterborough doesn't have a tremendous amount of grocery stores. And so that was pretty obvious to me as a resident when I first moved here. And uh, not a whole bunch of dumpsters that are easy to get into and a whole bunch of places where there's just uh, stuff lying out. What we do have is a really beautiful, thriving farmer's market culture and a particular, um, I would say, community food ethic that is very driven towards the local and to supporting the local. I'm a really strong believer that we need to contravene the classist myth that bakers can't be choosers. And I believe that low-income people very much deserve incredibly healthy food and deserve to be directly connected to the best of the best of it. And that those people who are growing food locally are the people who, <clears throat> other than hungry, might most easily understand why we don't waste food, why that is not an okay thing to be doing. And so we just went and we asked. We asked quite simply um, if there was anything that they were not going to be able to sell that was bruised or bunged up or, um, you know, otherwise flawed in some sort of way based on capitalist projections of what's sellable. And... Um, we got a lot of funny looks the first couple of weeks, but as we explained the project, uh, people got pretty excited. And because we were getting a fair amount of media right away, um, you know, we had some really smart folks working with us at the beginning of the project who, while I was, you know, doing dishes and cooking food, were really good at making sure to get out what we were doing. And so the farmers knew that we weren't um, kind of making up what we were doing, that what we were doing was happening in such a public place gave them an opportunity to feel assured that their donation was going to a project that would actually be benefiting the community on a wider level. And for the first little while, we had to kind of do like a little bit of like explaining to people what we actually conceive of as being totally delicious and edible, where we're like, can I have your carrot tops? Can I have your beet greens? Can I have these parts that um, that you've discarded, you know, that most of the farmers are used to throwing into, uh, you know, a bin to get eaten by animals. It's not like this food gets wasted by farmers anyways, but that uh, some folks didn't know that um, under the eye of a vegetarian cook or 12 that you can um, make little stumps of vegetables quite deliriously good and that there's just so much food. Even, like I said, well-caring farmers who are trying their best not to waste a tiny drop still were throwing out things that... Um, that we could turn into delights. And we also put out the word to folks um, at that beginning where we're just like, we don't want people spending a bunch of money. We don't want, you know, people to go out and uh, go to stores. But if you have stuff in your pantry you're not using, especially like basic pantry stuff, spices, all of that stuff was just donated straight up. And then it just kind of week to week to week as we were able to produce the... Um, the experience of a community meal and have people from so many different walks of life kind of get excited about it, we very quickly realized that uh, that we, yeah, we wouldn't really have to worry too too much about money. And Food Not Bombs gets little bits of money along the way. I do catering for us and we um, are blessed to have folks, uh, you know, every once in a while drop us like a grocery card or whatever. But to this day, the bulk of um, gifts to Food Not Bombs come in the form of awesome human labor or just well-meaning folks who eat like a lot of yogurt or who, you know, clean out the basement and realize that they also have 14 cases of mason jars that they're unlikely to fill with tomatoes anytime soon.
Andrew, you've been uh, giving us mushrooms for many years. Usually I come along and say, hey, do you got any uh, extra leftovers that you want to donate to Food Not Bombs? And sometimes you say, yeah. And sometimes you say, nah, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess, good. oh, you do, oh, yeah, you actually do. That's, that's really cool. We're lucky, lucky this week. There's a little bit of everything in there. Uh, it's just all the stuff that I cut off, or you know, if a mushroom doesn't, if I don't like the look of a mushroom, or uh, even as simple as they roll on the floor. So the very first a couple meals of Funa bombs were really kooky because they were. Um, chaotic in so many different ways absolutely nobody really knew what was going on or what to do um, now we're such a well-oiled machine that we all just kind of pile out of cars like clowns and like set up tables slap the food down and it's all kind of smooth we had no idea really what we were doing but um, we had put announcements in the newspaper inviting folks to come and join us in the name of people putting poverty on the agenda and in the name of meeting a very crucial need of hunger in our city. And the first couple of weeks, we had fairly large numbers of people, um, I would guess somewhere in the 50 to 65 range, you know. And to be honest, um, security did not really know what to make of us at first, but we um, we just kind of went in quick and we put our tables down and we put the food down on it and security came over and I and a couple other people just explained that we were here and that this was a nonviolent direct action, that we intended to stay for the duration of a meal, that this was public space, that we felt very strongly that... Um, within free speech that this was a particularly good place for a protest and a demonstration around the issues that we're having. And um, right from the very first day, one of the beautiful things about that interaction was that we weren't just there to try to bring, you know, media attention or um, government attention to the reality that hunger and poverty are very much alive and uh, perhaps fixable problems in our community, but we really did want to catch sort of the random traffic coming in to talk about a, you know, stop sign on their street or a change to city municipal planning law or all these other things that what we wanted to do was to um, replicate a bit of what we try to do at the meal, which is where we take away the line between who's on this side and who's on this side and actually bring maybe more excuse me, middle-class folks who are there for another matter into direct interface with hungry, low-income folks who, beyond all stereotype out there, aren't actually going to run up to them and accost them, but are simply going to perhaps smile or say, good day, or hello, what are you here for, you know? And so in the first few weeks, we were able to, I think, shift a lot of relationships and we blew our own minds a little bit about what some of those relationships would look like. Like I said, we were very careful to try to make sure that we had good relationships with the workers, which included not just security, but like cleaning up meticulously, knowing that the cleaning staff at City Hall doesn't necessarily get paid super duper well and that we don't want to be um, creating any more work for anybody else who might not be compensated. And, you know, within the first couple of weeks, we got 
a phone call suggesting that it might be time to have a little meeting with the city. And we had our first meeting with the city and uh, it was very strange in a lot of ways. And um, the mayor at the time, Sylvia Sutherland, was was a little bit daunted and kept asking me not to talk with my hands so passionately. And then at the end of it uh, informed me that sometime at the first couple of meals, they had come in afterwards and they had put into police evidence, I guess like a butter knife that had been left behind, um, that that they just wanted me to know and have it on caution that, that what we were doing seemed to be fine enough for right now, but that um, they had read about us and that, you know, because the Food Not Bombs movement gets reacted to in all kinds of different ways across the world. There are comrades of mine who get arrested every week in different cities just for um, trying to serve food. And um, I'm very thankful to say, and I'm also very proud to say, that our movement has worked really hard to like constantly dialogue. And every single time the city's ever kind of come at us and been like, hey, you shouldn't do that or you can't do that, we've gotten together and we've used that tool of direct democracy to invite as many people as possible to weigh in and say like okay what are we going to do about this and not just being reactionary and not just coming back right away and being like well you said this and so we're going to do this it's like no no give us time we're here to we are the people we are going to negotiate at very least right and have um, some sort of a process that allows people to understand how movements get moved around as they interface with government and as they try to meet needs without falling into a place of um, complicity with some of the things that they don't want to be participating in. On the Monday after Miles's trip to the market, about 10 volunteers met in the kitchen at Emmanuel United Church to plan a meal and cook with the ingredients he had brought back. Oh, I'm Corey Princeton, and uh, I come and exercise my hands here and clean vegetables at the same time, and having fun doing it, and and knowing that it's for a very um, good reason that we're doing this. It makes me feel very good. Uh, I'm just uh, dealing with apples, chopping them up so we can probably use them next week. Uh, just getting a little bit ahead since we have so many volunteers here today, which is nice. I mean, I look at the new age and I see that our communities are slowly um, becoming less and less involved. People don't get together as much as they used to and eat and just enjoy each other's company. Um, And the Internet's a large part of that. And this kind of thing helps us remind that we need our friends and our community to be together to do things, to do real things on a local level. But just to to chit-chat and have a good time and, you know, like, like hang out with people. Um, but but as, as our communities fail, this kind of thing becomes more and more valuable to me, where things are actually done in real time, face-to-face, real people doing real things for other folks. Yeah, so I'm writing up the menu for today, and uh, it's usually pretty gourmet around here. Um, so we've got a squash and a split pea soup. soup and we're going to have a stir fry uh, with tofu that'll be the main one it'll be a cabbage stir fry we're having mashed potatoes we always like mashed potatoes and today we're going to try putting kale in it because we've never done that before so we'll see how that goes over and roasted root vegetable 
and spaghetti. Just a little spaghetti. We're making an extra spaghetti so we can freeze it for next week or some other time when we need to pull something out because we have a lot of people and not enough food. So it's good to try to plan ahead there. Um, do we have on the go? Oh, a coleslaw. Looks nice. And we've got an apple crisp in the oven. We do apple crisp or some variation practically every week because the apple farmers are super generous. So, um, you know, sometimes we put raisins in it or coconut or if we have... Today we've got like some fruit sauce that we've put in it as well. Um, and we're doing a tea, but we're do mixing it with um, apple cider, sort of a watered-down apple cidery thing. It'll be delicious. By 6.30, the food was ready and volunteers drove it to Confederation Park, where about 30 people showed up to eat a free meal. Across the street, Peterborough City Council was in session. That's important. Every Monday night, unlike council, which likes to take breaks, Food Not Bombs illustrates an alternative to formal politics and shows what's possible when people organize at a grassroots level to enrich their community. We are um, a group of folks who are able, because of our financial non-affiliation, to mobilize community voice in a slightly different way than um, pretty much any other project and I do relate it specifically to our anti-capitalist ethic and our belief we don't we don't ask for donations of money we invite people endlessly to kick us like big pots that they have or extra veggies from their um, their garden in the backyard but we purposely try to create an exercise that examples what is possible to be done without engaging in endless exchange of money that also comes with relational binds that sometimes can corrupt the ethic that we want to move forward with. Where's your potatoes, buddy? I don't know, but I want to know because I want to get there before you do. I know it's the mashed potatoes of all. I know it before you do. Oh, yes, I do.